bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And now I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Before we get to Joe, I'm just looking at the talking text line. Dr. Ken, I said older, not old. <laughs> but um, six of 10 kids, 56 to 32. My parents had three bars from the late 60s to 99. I'm a kid of the 80s. My oldest siblings are kids of the 60s. When I was a young boy, they thought I was bad, but their tune has changed since. Social media and internet helps influence most of this garbage. And I'm going to use that for the letters that he used. But it's hard to argue. It's, 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 it's hard to argue about what's going on in the city because nobody's really doing anything. So you can't really argue about it. You can't you can't put your finger on on what it'll take in order to change it. Somebody said again, now how much money and who elected can stop someone from killing someone? Give me the amount. A billion dollars. Okay, I'm just kidding. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Before I get to Joe, I got a really, 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 really quick thing. Somebody called and said, does anybody, has, has sociologists come in and done anything to figure out why homicides happen? Well, the Homicide Review Commission, Harvard University came in and did a review of the homicides and what things were in common as it related to homicides that occurred in the city of Milwaukee. Now, I don't remember how long the ago, I think it was about 20 years, the Homicide Review Commission was was um, in effect. And one of the things they found, actually three, the two people that had these three things in common in relation to a homicide regarding the actor, 
the perpetrator, right, and the victim. Number one, one or both, and this is between the two of them, not just one. All three of these things were present when a homicide occurred. And between the actor and the victim, these three things were present. One person might have had all three. The other person might have had, but but each of them had at least one, maybe two. You ready? Number one, alcohol was present. Either one or both of them were intoxicated when the homicide occurred. Number two, one or both of them were either on probation or parole. And number three, they were known to each other. There was a beef, there was a something happened, whatever it was, they knew each other and there was something there. So we can pontificate about why, but the fact that these three things were present, we need to add to it. We need to do it again to figure out what other influences are present when our young people are killing each other. 833-212-1017 is the number. Joe. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hello, Joe. Joe going once. Joe going twice. Okay, I guess Joe's not going to talk. We can, because I, I hear myself talking. 833-212-1017 is the number. If you have an idea of what it is we can do in order to make sure these things don't occur again. Talking text line says, again, how much money and who elected can stop it? Uh, again, billion dollars. I'm pretty sure you can stop it. Talking text line says, Dr. Ken, thanks again for talking to my son about becoming a police officer. So believe me, I worry about him becoming a cop these days, but I don't know what you mean by blaming everyone for the murder rate. Than the murder, than the murderers. Well, what I mean is that there are um, there are multiple things you can do, all different, in order to stop something from happening. Right? For instance, if you want a kid to grow up to be successful, then you can send them to school, make sure they get something to eat, keep them out of trouble, give them hobbies to work on, basketball, football, whatever, extracurricular. Like there are multiple things you can do to stop one thing. That's what I mean. Those are the things that we can go out and do. Um, we blame all the other stuff when in fact we need to be looking at parents. We need to be looking at um in terms of keeping kids, not, not adults, but kids in a place where they can be safe. But then adults have to step up and take care of business and take care of their families and do what they're supposed to do. When the resources aren't there, the people that control the money, politicians, those are the ones that I blame. 833-212-1017 is the number. Yolanda, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hey, Ken. How you doing, Dr. Ken? I miss you I'm guys. Good. Oh, we miss you too. Good. I'm on a, uh, yeah, I say this is an interesting topic. It was a young man to call earlier. Um, he had some really good valid points about a pattern. Now, yes, no disrespect correct. to you, Dr. Ken. You actually told us um, about a study 20 years ago. 
from Harvard. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yes, okay. ma'am. 20 years ago, I was about 32 years old. We got to look at the the homicide rate at that time versus Correct. this time. Correct. Absolutely. And, the pattern and that's why. To me mm-hmm. as, yeah, a, the pattern to me as an educator and just a person that's very involved with kids mm-hmm. is demographically who's raising them. And at that time, the age and what took place. We got no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yolanda, you're talking too fast. You're too smart. You're too educated. Slow down. Because oh I'm writing this down. Because, no, I, I want to I wanna look into this. Now, the first one you said was what? Okay. The first one I say, the pattern is okay. what took place. Say it's 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. 18 years ago, when these kids, demographically, 18, 19, 20, what took place? During that time, was it drugs involved? Was there an epidemic of poverty? Was mass incarceration from their parents? It's, oh, we know what it was. Pattern. 20 years ago. No, yeah. 20 years ago, it was drugs. Come on. It was Come on now. women. Come on. It was drugs. It was women. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Think so, about the things that made right. you mad. Things that made you exactly. mad, right? Drugs mm-hmm. and women. And when now? Okay. Now you go back. You go back to that. We gonna back ourselves as a community. You too, because you're about my age too. What did we do? We keep on talking about the politicians. Forget the politicians. They're politicking. That's what they're doing. We so easy to want the man to save us as a community. Right. We need to take accountability. And these 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, what did we do? Did we ever go back and clean up the kids that suffer from the drug addiction? Did we ever go back and clean up their houses? Or did we allow them to keep on building toxic behavioral? Did we ever go back to say, listen, here, we know it was a drug epidemic, but we need to get all these babies that had these drugs in them and we need to see what we can do. We never went back to straight up the home front. We kept on letting it build up and build up. Now we are in a situation that we're trying to figure out what went wrong. But, 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 but Yolanda, but Yolanda, these are young kids. So the, the, the kids you're talking about are in their 30s and 40s now. We're, well, I'm, I'm talking about the 13 and 14 year olds that are still in cars and killing Wait a minute. people. Wait a minute, but you know, 40 and 45 year olds got kids that's doing these crimes now. But we you got to understand. But the drugs now. would, but but the drugs would affect me if I was a 45 year old. No, the drug wouldn't affect you. You had an offspring. It carried on to your offspring. If you was, if I was a woman taking drugs, okay, and the parents, I'm pregnant, uh-huh, go, go ahead. Parents, I'm, I'm, if I'm the woman that's addicted with drugs, alcohol, abuse, poverty, I am birthing right. these kids. Right. So that means I'm raising them off toxic behavior from me. We have to take accountability and say what we did. Okay. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? 
Yes, ma'am. But but you, now I'm saying. You but now I'm. With, uh, uh, if you made a baby with a <laughs> a crackhead or an alcoholic, that means your child is now living living with that. Do you but listen to what I'm saying, addict? Yolanda. Can you raise a child productively? I can't. Yolanda, listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. That is a very small portion of our community. And I think we oh, have to yes, get out of I this know. mindset. We got to get out of this mindset yes. that that is representative of all of the black community. And that's the problem. And that's where I'm, all the money goes. And that's where all the there are there are a number of things that we can do very specifically. Right. To and fix I'm glad that. you that's a, that's what I'm, I'm glad you say that I was wait. Oh, you so good. I was waiting for you to say that. I think that the problem is, go on, go ahead. We're focusing on the bad kid. That's all I hear. I'm glad you say that because that's you. That's our focus. We're trying to figure out why these kids run into trees, stealing cars. But in the meantime, you know, we this. have to. But, you are but the meantime, right. we got to take care of the good focus. ones. We got to take care of the ones that are going to school, the ones that are doing it right. We forgot about them. But then. But Ken, did you just say the other day? I swear, I heard you. Everybody mm-hmm. gotta be here to kind of before their own household. Absolutely. Did you say that? We can. Absolutely. Okay. So now you're telling me as a no. parent. No. Okay, I'm sorry. What go are you go telling on. Me? No, no. Go go ahead. So you telling me as a good parent because you said the good gotta take care of the bad. No, I said I said the good have to take care of the bad after they take care of the good. Take care of your own home first. Then if you can help, right. help them. But if you're not taking care of your house and you're trying to take care of everybody else's house, that's the problem. That is right. Okay. That is the problem. So all the good people come to, come to the forefront. All the good people need to come to the forefront. Well, let's start then, shining like a light on say, them. Start shining a light on them. That's right. Tell about the good that's things kids I'm do. Saying. Tell about the Thank great things you. kids do. Because all we focus on is the, the the babies that's running into people's houses and these homicides. But we need to show these babies that it's more than homicide. So we need to bring the good up front. We need to start having a conversation about all the young people that's doing good. Because maybe them bad kids, they need to hear the good instead of hearing nothing but the bad. Very you true. Hear- that's true, because every time I hear us as a black community, we're talking about the Kia boys, we're talking about the homicides, we're talking about the drug dealers. I just now left a venue yesterday from the Black Business Conference. I see nothing but black young entrepreneurs. I see nothing but young people doing good things. We cannot erase the good that our community got, because in real life, our community is the bum. Why do you think everybody want a taste of it? But if we keep on allowing the media to perpetrate the bad, it's going to wipe away all the good. We got to spend more time, Dr. Ken, and you are right, talking about the good. All right. Well, thank you much. good than bad. Yes, you have is. a good day. All right, you too. Right. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before I go to break, um, Talking Text Line says there should be punishment facilities for people that commit nonviolent crimes that 
provide the inmate, provided the inmate <laughs> forces them basically to have educational sentences, job placement and housing and their release date will depend on how long it takes them to finish a program. Also, any inmate that has drugs in their system will be sentenced to mandatory rehab sentencing. But I can't make you take hold of what we teach you in rehab, can I? I don't know. Talk about operation cleanup and actually giving a person a chance to live. Some people don't know how and they need to be shown how. Let me process that during the break and think about how I feel about that because there's a multitude of things that have to be done. I think what we're missing is it all has to be done all at the same time. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to thank you all for that uh, couple of lively conversations about what's going on in the world today. But speaking of what's going on in the world today, Brittany Griner got released today. There was a prisoner swap for Brittany Griner. Now, anybody know, you know who Boomer Esiason is? Former um, quarterback. NFL. He was on WFAN um, who ripped the U.S. government for arranging a, a prisoner swap exchanging Brittany Griner for Victor Bout, a Russian arms dealer. Of course, you know Griner was arrested, and I'm reading from, um, looks like foxnews.com. Um, don't, don't get all mad. It was just a tab that I clicked. Um, Griner was arrested and sentenced to prison for smuggling drugs Uh, less than a gram of CBD oil into Russia, which just sounds stupid in and of itself. I mean, anyway, um, in February, and that um, after a call to action by many to get her out, who's an NBA star and two-time Olympic gold medalist, the White House finally announced that it had made a one-for-one prisoner swap, Griner and Bout, nicknamed the Merchant of Death. While Boomer, Esiason, liked that Griner was released from the Russian custody. He didn't know how dangerous the prisoner uh, they gave up in the process was. There was also the fact that I like how the person wrote this former Marine veteran. You're either a Marine vet, like this kind of weird um, Marine veteran, uh, Paul Whalen, who was also in Russian custody was left behind by president Biden in this swap. Something Dallas Cowboys defensive end, Micah Parsons, and many others point out. Boomer Esiason said, I'm telling you, more people feel that way than don't. Well, Boomer, how do you know? He said that on the show, Boomer and Grio. I can tell you that right now. I know that we're all happy that Britney's home, like we said earlier on, but 
when you think about the magnitude of what we traded to get back a WNBA professional athlete and left the Marine sitting there whose family has been trying for years to get him out of there with nothing, nothing from the U.S. government. Well, here's my problem with that, Mr. Boomer Esiason. You can tell him I said so. Number one, Brittany Griner is not a Marine. So in terms of holding up and dealing with and being tough and trained, doing the whole evasion and capture thing, right? The Marine will hold up better than her. That's one. Number two, are you insinuating that the Marine's life is more important than the average citizen. Now, this is just me. I highly respect anyone, including my father, who was in the armed forces. I highly respect anyone who takes an oath to bleed blood, sweat, sweat, and die for their country. I back you 150%. But that does not make your life more important than anybody else's life. You signed up for it, you decided to be a veteran, and that's on you. So all the benefits you get that are over the top, clearly, in my estimation, all the things you get for life because you gave four or eight or 10 or 20 or 30 years to the military, that's what you signed up for. I don't get it. I signed up for it. I served my city, but I guess it's not equal. I guess your life is more important than mine. And no, I'm not, I'm not dismissing or saying anything negative about people in the military. I'm, I'm asking, what exactly is Boomer Esiason saying? We traded a WNBA professional athlete and left the Marine standing there. Now, granted, they've been trying to get him out for years, but how long has Paul Whelan been in custody in Russia? How did he get caught? And what's he doing? He got a 25-year sentence accused by the U.N. of getting involved in civil wars in Africa. It, it, it just, it's unfortunate you use the words that it left you with a pathetic feeling. But that's what people in the military signed up for. And it sounds more political because you're complaining that you didn't get two people back instead of you got just one. It's unfortunate. But if I was going to trade lives and I had to pick somebody to bring home the average citizen or the Marine veteran, unfortunately, if I had to choose between the civilian and the law enforcement officer in terms of hostages, for me, the citizen always goes home. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before the break, we were talking about the whole Brittany Griner uh, being released and how everyone's happy, but a little people, yeah, I'll get it right. But um, Boomer Esiason was a little upset about the fact the former NFL star, a little upset that you didn't get two people because oh, because that one life is not as important as the, the, the big tough Marine. Ridiculousness. That's just me. We don't know what they tried to do. We don't know how they tried to do it. All we know is that she got released. And it was political. Talking text line. I think I think it was Wayne that said that, you know, a lot of this stuff is just political, right? And it is. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. The book of Eli said I have a twenty two year old and an eighteen year old, neither of which are out here being super aggressors. The problem now and then is the parents, family, environment, and information is being absorbed, unfiltered, and unvetted. Also, our police and go well let me let me let me let me go back to that. Unfiltered and unvetted. Um growing up we trusted cartoons. We trusted Disney. I don't trust Disney anymore. I don't know what I'm gonna get from Disney right now. Disney is so far like the, you know, Disney is so liberal, they're upsetting liberal people now. That's how over the top Disney has become. That's why the president got fired and they brought Michael Eisner back to put it back in shape. We're seeing things from Disney that we have no business seeing in the guise of 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 being open and honest and all that and not offending people. They're doing things that make people not want to trust them. And so now when you talk about being um unfiltered and unvetted those are the production companies of these places on radio tv and streaming and all that that are creating things that our children are watching and yet it's still up to the parents and the family and the environment and information and all that stuff the parents need to watch this those who care for kids need to make sure also our police and government are responsible for all those children that slip through those educational cracks and are left to to get to gather that education solely from an urban level. How are the police responsible? I don't understand that one. How are a government responsible? You have to bring, you have to go and send your kid to school. And if you don't, then the government might come in and take control of your kid. But the government should not be coming in and taking control of your child. The government as parent used to be something that was done very little. Now, I don't know what's going on. We fix it by showing respect to each other. We fix it by extending the humanity we claim to have and love to these young humans who are losing theirs slowly to electronic screens and constant violent acts. We fix it by being decent to everyone, and I mean everyone. Well, while I agree with you, 
we have to stop blaming other things for things kids do. We have to stop blaming electronic screens for things that other human beings actually do. If the parents were there, we wouldn't be having these issues with electronic screens. This is a newer phenomenon. This isn't something that just showed up. And being decent to each other, I don't know if that's going to necessarily fix it. I don't know. And, and I'm not negating what you're saying. I hope you're right. Where are the parents? Where are the guardians? You can't have it both ways. You can't cry and complain that someone's being arrested and then cry and complain that someone's not being arrested. We have to figure out where we stand. We have to figure out what we support and then support it. Because right now it's like a gerbil in one of those little cages in the wheel and you're just running in place and that that's all you're doing. And when you're done, you're tired and you're worn out and you're hungry and you're thirsty, but you really haven't done anything. It's like running on a treadmill. At some point, the system is going to give. It's going to sway. And we're going to be left whole in the bag. And so how do you get around that? How do you fix kids that don't want to be fixed? I don't know. But what I do know is that, again, if we don't hurry and nip this in the bud, we're going to be in trouble. And our families are going to be in trouble. And our city is already in trouble. And we only have one more step. And next thing you know, we'll all be inside our houses and not coming out. Locked up. And then there's only one thing left to do. There's only one thing left in a city that has gone under. And you do it once a year, just like they do in the movies. The only thing you can do is have a purge. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. We are at the last bastion of time for today. I've been hanging out here a long time. 
feel like I've been here like 20 days. 833-212-1017. Fonz hit us up again on the talking text line and said, Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death, LOL. Blacks being integrated now. Wow, that's pretty mean. So this person basically said that blacks being integrated now kiss dogs and openly homosexuals. That is white folks influence blacks that don't procreate or bring no more kids into existence. They have chose self genocide survival of the fittest. I knew Oprah's mom. She was from Kosciuszko. It's uh, with $3 billion. Oprah Winfrey is worth less. She has not added a single black child to her to her own population. So what do you mean by, first of all, added a single child? What, what does that even mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what it is you're, you're exactly saying. Like, why is it funny that we actually support um, the life of a woman who went to jail for a political um, issue and that everybody ripped her and, and reamed her for using CBD when most of y'all use CBD? I don't, but most of y'all do. So what are y'all really talking about? Number one. Number two. Blacks who don't have children chose self-genocide. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that if you're not procreating and making the race bigger, then you're against the race? And what do you mean by survival of the fittest? While that's true, it doesn't absolve you being the fittest from helping your fellow brother and sister. So, and if you knew all the things that Oprah Winfrey did in the city, if you knew all the things that Oprah Winfrey has done for black people, for people that work for her. See, back when you didn't know who Oprah Winfrey was, when she was in Chicago on Channel 7 WLS, with her own morning show, had the temerity to actually call it the Oprah Winfrey show. And I forget what the show was called before Oprah took it over, but people were, oh my God, they were up in arms. How dare you? She's naming a show after her? And then they took it and syndicated it and they thought she'd be on the trash heap of all the other talk show hosts that have decided to think that they could go national on TV. And you see it today. All the afternoon shows, the morning shows, before the soaps, after the soaps, of all these shows where people think they can beat Oprah Winfrey. Oh, I could be the next Oprah. Why don't you be the first you instead of the second Oprah? Just, just be you. But we don't grasp that. We don't understand that because... We're too busy calling out people who have something instead of just using what we have. Find it amazing. If you do how many schools she's built 
how much money she's given, both here and in Africa. But you have to be grateful. And many times people aren't grateful for what you do for them. And people only go where they're appreciated. If you're not appreciated, you're not going to go there. You're not going to work there. You're not going to stay there. It's that way at every organization, every company, every show, every everything. If you are not appreciated, you're not going to stay. There are multiple reasons why the black community does not have what it should. And regardless of what anybody says, which is one of the reasons why so many people want to get rid of the even the term, the terminology, the discussion around race. Because it was created as a way to keep people of African descent down. We didn't create this. You did. We didn't create how we're thought of. You did. So any population that for generations you hold them back, you tie them down, you make laws so that they can't move anywhere, laws where they can't get out of a community, laws that stop them from getting jobs, laws that stop them from getting positions, laws that stop them from going into public service, laws that even stop them from drinking at a fountain. And so I hear the voice that says, when will you let it go? We'll let it go when you do right. When the banks like J.P. Morgan Chase, when the places that have made tens of hundreds of billions of dollars over the last 200 years off the backs of black people, but yet don't want to give reparations. We're not asking for extra. We're just asking to be brought to the line. Let me rephrase that. That's what I'm asking. Make me whole. And when we came here and we were told to mind our own business and build your own land and create your own cities and create your own jobs and companies and businesses, you took them and you burned them down. And if you say that nobody in your family did it and nobody in your family had slaves and nobody in your family, blah, blah, blah. What it comes down to is what? You still took advantage of it. See, I'm never mad at the person who says or does something. I'm never mad at the person that shows ignorance, not in a negative way, but just some simply doesn't know. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not mad or afraid at the person that calls me the N-word or the person that supports neo-Nazism, the person that supports sending all black people back to Africa or calling us out of our name. 
I'm not afraid of that person. I'm not upset at that person. What I'm upset about is the person that sees it. That's the same race as that other person that has equal power to the other person and says and does nothing. That's the person that I have an issue with. When you know to do right, when you know what someone is doing is wrong and you let it pass. And if you think you need a example of something like that that can happen or that you say that it can never happen, what I would suggest you do is look up a guy named George Floyd. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to thank you for being here this afternoon. I want to thank everybody, all the producers today, everybody that was uh, helping out and doing great things this afternoon. Had a great time. Make sure you never miss a show. Check us out. On Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Google Play, Apple. Check it out. Tory Lowe shows up next at 6 o'clock. I appreciate you. God bless. Take care. Carrie Noni, as always, love you. Thank you. Appreciate you. I'm out.